well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and I'm glad you've joined us today. Sorry about yesterday, by the way. I, uh, You know, it's just one of those things, man. Got uh, hung up talking to insurance companies, uh, dealing with my, uh, my wife's cancer, and uh, then I actually made it down to the studio. I, this is not in my home, uh, so it's about uh, a half hour away from uh, the uh, the 40 acres behind me. And when I uh, got to the studio, I realized that I had left my computer behind at the house, which is uh, problematic in terms of being able to do this program. So uh, by the time I was able to get my computer, I was uh, up against uh, our uh, live chat with Mr. Ed Morrissey from Hot Air, and so uh, simply did not have the opportunity to produce a program yesterday. But we're back today, and we've got a great guest. Rick Hector is going to be with us, Detroit Farms instructor. Uh, wrote about this story briefly at uh, Bering Arms yesterday, the fact that delays for concealed carry licenses in Wayne County, which is basically Detroit, Michigan, now stretching beyond nine months. It's taking nine months for you to simply drop off your application. Yeah. And one of the reasons why they're doing this, I think, is because under state law in Michigan, uh, those issuing authorities have 45 days once they receive the application to process your concealed carry license. Now, if Wayne County can't process these applications in 45 days, that could open them up to some legal issues, right? So instead, they're simply telling people, hold on to your application until we tell you you can drop it off, and then we'll try to process it within 45 days. I don't think that's really, legally speaking, any better, because a right that is delayed is a right that is denied. And uh, I wanted to get Rick Hector's thoughts on this. A longtime Second Amendment advocate and activist in Detroit, concealed carry instructor himself. And um, boy, Rick's got some, uh, he's got some pretty strong opinions about this. Take a look and a listen. Hey, Rick, thanks so much for coming on the show, sir. It's good talking with you today. Hey, thank you for having me. It's always an honor and a privilege to be on your show and speak with your listening audience. Well, I appreciate that. And listen, I, I want to promise you, I want to let you know, I have not made any road trips. Detroit is still my next road trip. I just haven't made any road trips yet. Uh, but I saw this story, I think it was in the Detroit News yesterday, talking about the wait times for concealed carry applications. I mean, this is nothing that that is specific to Detroit. We're seeing this, you know, it's over a year in Philadelphia right now. It's about nine months in uh, Pittsburgh. But Detroit, too, is taking nine months, Rick, for people to even get an appointment to apply for their concealed carry license. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's an abomination, man. It's nothing more than, in my opinion, a form of gun control. There is uh, no question that gun control has traditionally been the most severe and stringent in large cities across the United States in which black people and other people of color are concentrated. The fact that if you satisfy the educational and training requirements mm -hmm. to get the concealed pistol license here in Michigan, and you would have to wait at least nine months for your application to be accepted and then later processed up to another 45 days to get a response. It's unconscionable and it's unacceptable. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I worry, um, there was a guy who was quoted, an attorney in Detroit, who was quoted as saying that 
that he's concerned that this is going to lead to people breaking the law, not not committing violent crimes. But look, Detroit, as of 2019, the most violent city in America, highest violent crime rate. The, the need for people to carry for self-defense is perhaps more acute in Detroit than it is anywhere else in the country. Uh, and as you say, you've got folks who have undergone their training. They can pass a background check. They're simply waiting on that government permission slip in order for them to be able to carry to protect themselves. Uh, and this attorney, you know, he, he I think rightfully is concerned that people are going to say, listen, I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to go ahead and carry, even though I don't have a license, because if something happens, I would rather be, you know, tried by a jury of my peers than buried by my friends and family. Uh, how concerned are you that, that this is actually the the in or the unwillingness, let's say, I won't even say the inability, the unwillingness uh, of um, Wayne County to process these applications in a timely manner. How concerned are you that this is leading to more people who are carrying without a license? Well, first, I echo your sentiment that uh, it's their unwillingness, not that they're unable or un- incapable of doing it. If it was a priority to them, they would make it happen. They're attributing increased demand, so-called furlough, furloughs and displacements from uh, enabling them to process these applications in a expeditious fashion. And neighboring counties such as Oakland and Macomb, they are experiencing increased demand. They don't have the population base that Detroit has, but of course, they are getting these applications processed in two to three weeks at the most. And yes, if you're delaying individuals from being able to lawfully get the concealed pistol license, it does in- increase the odds or the chances that some might be tempted to carry concealed without the concealed pistol license and risk suffering some of the, uh, Things that they could face, for example, a prosecution for CCW, which is a five-year felony in this state. You know, it it really draws attention to the fact that one, they need to appropriately staff those offices, take a look at some lifetime permits that exist in other areas across this country, and allow people who have the interest of doing the right thing. I mean, they're doing everything we want them to do. We want them to get training. We want them to learn the law. They can pass a background check. The problem is they don't want to give them the background check. They're going to make them wait nine months. It's unconscionable. It's unacceptable. No excuse is valid. And here's the point that no one's talking about. The concealed pistol license program here in Michigan is a cash cow for the state. The Michigan State Police last year, just the the Michigan State Police portion of the revenue, Mm -hmm. they generated over $8 million last year. It is unacceptable. The money is there. They just do not have the willingness and the will to get it done. And make no mistake about it, Detroit is in a traditional democratic uh, stronghold that uh, a political party that's always been a fervent supporter of gun control. And that's all this is, suppression of the ability of people in this region from exercising a greater role in their personal protection and the protection of their home. Uh, You know, listen, I can't disagree with you. I mean, particularly, you know, you brought up the fact that neighboring counties, Macomb, Oakland County, 
It's taking two or three weeks to get a concealed carry license. So they're not running into those same uh, uh, barriers. Uh, you know, applicants are not running into those same barriers as they are when they're applying in Wayne County. Uh, and yeah, I know Detroit went bankrupt a few years ago. The, the city's finances are a mess and, and they're blaming this on furloughs and a lack of staff. But as you say, you know, the, the law is pretty clear. I, I mean, you, you know, you've got, as you say, yeah, go ahead. money there, man. It's just a question of there needs to be a full audit and accounting for what happens to those revenues, man. Are those revenues being diverted? to other functions, to other support roles in the state. You're talking about a record number of people applying for these permits. Most of them are coming from the Wayne County Metro Detroit area because we have a more dire set of circumstances for the need to protect ourselves during these times. I mean, you look at all the things that are happening. You look at COVID, you're looking at furloughs, people uh, being uh, displaced and out of work. And, of course, it's a presidential election. All of these things create the perfect storm for a record number of people to take on a more active role in the personal protection by getting a concealed pistol license. And they're throwing up barrier after barrier. A nine-month wait to only and merely submit your application is an abomination. It absolutely is. And I've got to ask, I mean, are you... What is this doing in terms of the demand for classes? If it's taking nine months before somebody can apply, uh, and again, just drop off their application to get a concealed carry license, are they now waiting to get their training? Or uh, how, how busy are you right now? And are you still getting a lot of calls from people Personal, who, who... Personally, I haven't experienced a drop-off in the people who are, are seeking to get the concealed pistol license. As okay. a matter of fact, I have a class this upcoming Saturday, and I'm completely full. You know, that could be uh, a couple of factors. One, the demand is so high, and maybe they're hoping that the county, Wayne County, actually gets their act together, hopefully with some of the negative publicity that they're getting. And some of it may be attributed to the fact that some of the would-be applicants don't know that our county, the county of Wayne, is so woefully prepared or lacks the willingness to process these applications. So the need is there. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the apparent will to do their job, talking about Wayne County, is not. That makes sense, and and I'm glad to I'm glad to know that that people are still taking their classes, that they are still going. Uh, as you say, maybe it is that they're just unaware of the uh, unwillingness of Wayne County to process these applications in a timely manner. What do you think? about the, the prospect of a lawsuit. Uh, you know, we, we've seen uh, Gun Owners of America. They filed suit in Philadelphia recently. Did, is it time for litigation? Is it time to sue Wayne County to get this uh, get their act together? I am in fervent support of someone spearheading an effort to sue them. Uh, it, it's unjustifiable, and you look and you compare the processing that's happening in Wayne relative to other counties in this region. No one else is experiencing the type of delays that we are. We're talking about two to three weeks processing in our neighboring counties of Oakland and Macomb. Wayne County, they're going to say, okay, we have a, a larger county and that there's more people there. But I'm looking at the revenues that they're generating it's a cash cow. There needs to be full accounting for those monies, for those funds. 
maybe they need to take a look at their processing. Maybe they can move this whole entire process online. I mean, if you can file your, your, your income tax returns online, why in the world can't you file a concealed pistol license online? Maybe the Michigan State Police needs to take over this function as opposed to the respective county clerk's office handling this. There are other solutions that would probably be more effective and could be done in a more expeditious fashion. But right now, Wayne County is failing, and I don't think it is a coincidence. I believe it is intentional. That's, um, you know, listen, I, I, I've got my suspicions, too. Uh, and they're right in line with yours. Now, I will say that the idea of uh, the state police handling things, talk to some Illinois gunners, and they'll tell you that that's a bad idea because Illinois State Police right now, they're sitting on a backlog of about 142,000 FOID card applications. Uh, last uh, last week, I think it was 29,000 concealed carry applications that they are uh, waiting through. So they've got their own problems with delays when the state police are running things in uh, states like Illinois. But you're but you know ultimately, as you say, there are solutions to be found here. Uh, you know, it, 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 the the easiest solution would be for Wayne County to devote the funds necessary to fully staff that office, process these applications, as you say, maybe move this process online so you can fill out your application if you need to come in and. Uh, you know, do your fingerprints or whatever. All right, well, maybe you can, uh, you know, schedule a time to do that, or maybe you can contract out with third parties. But but these excuses, ultimately, you know, what this comes down to, as you say, Rick, is this comes down to the fact that people who are, you know, they're exercising their right to keep arms. They're already gun owners, but they're being deprived of their right to bear arms because the state, or in this case, Wayne County, is twiddling its thumbs rather than doing its job. The point is that you're, you're, you're basically making is that no excuse is valid. The mm-hmm. popular excuse a lot of people like to make is there's no money. No, this program is self-funded. We pay an astronomical amount for an application fee, $105 per application. The money is there. The will to do the job is not there. We need to have a full accounting of those revenues, exactly how much is being taken in and what it's being spent on because it is unconscionable and it is unbelievable that they don't have the manpower to process these applications. And you know what? If they need to re-engineer the process and move it online, fine do that. The will to get the job is not there, and I hope that people, particularly new gun owners who are principally the the new drive in in the concealed pistol license application growth, I hope that they're taking full attention of what's happening and that they vote accordingly. Our county clerk here is of a political party that is the anti-gun party and I'm suggesting that it is no coincidence that politics has more to do with this process than it should. Rick Hector, Detroit CCW. You can uh, get your concealed carry course from Rick. You just can't get your concealed carry license from Wayne County anytime soon. Uh, Rick, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on the program. Uh, you know what? I- I'm going to make a promise. I- I- I'm going to be up to Detroit within the next nine months. 
How about that? I'm going to get to Detroit faster than okay. uh, Wayne County is processing concealed carry license. I, I feel like I, 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 I can. Yeah. That, that's a safe bet to make, man, because if this <laughs> takes nine months, I'm quite certain we can get a trip for you to come up to Motown within the next nine months, man. I Hopefully, think we can. you know, there, there, there is something that is done on this front. But let me tell you, you're always welcome here in Detroit, man. It's been a long time coming. Can't wait to see you doing it. Well, I appreciate that. And listen, you keep me up to date, too. Uh, you've got any news you want to report, you let us know. We'll uh, be happy to put you back on the program and Thank you again for everything you're doing there for uh, for our Second Amendment rights, not only in uh, Detroit, but but in the state of Michigan itself. Uh, really appreciate you, Rick. Hey, if I got a quick second, man, on that note, I was contacted by this group uh, a few days ago. They call themselves Blexit Michigan. It's like the black exit from the uh, Democratic Party. They're undergoing a membership drive to get more black people and people of color take a look at other parties in the Democratic Party and taking on a, a special interest because we have the upcoming elections in just a matter of days, man. Top Gun Shooting Sports and Taylor is running an event on this upcoming Sunday, October 25th at 4 p.m. I'll be one of the featured speakers, and I'm going to be talking about the history of gun control in the black community. It's something that... Uh, is timely right now as we're talking these uh, delayed concealed pistol licenses in Wayne County. That's fantastic. Let's let's have you back on the program next week talking about it. Can you come on? Can you come back? Okay. I would I would love to do that. Awesome. All right, Rick Hector. Thank you for your time as always, man. Have a great weekend. Good luck to you, and uh, we'll be talking again very soon. I appreciate Rick being with us on the program today. We will have him back next week, as I said, uh, talking about. The uh, latest developments there in Detroit. Right now, though, let's get to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, as well as our uh, recidivist report. We'll start there with a story out of Houston, Texas, where a uh, bail's been set at a quarter million dollars for a man accused of murdering his ex-girlfriend in uh, northwest Harris County. They, uh, this was originally thought to be a road rage incident uh, until uh, the investigators realized, oh, no, the the victim and the suspect in this case well acquainted with one another. Uh, according to KHOU, 21-year-old man Austin Hayes now facing murder charges uh, in the death of his ex-girlfriend. Hayes was originally charged with aggravated assault on a family member, but the charge was given when Julie de la Garza was still alive in the hospital. She has since passed away from her injuries. And Hayes' charges have been upgraded to murder. The aggravated assault charge is being dismissed. The uh, judge set Hayes' bail at $250,000 after learning that Hayes was on probation for another aggravated assault. Yeah, this one that took place in uh, March of 2020, so just a few months ago. Also on probation for a drug-related charge, but let's focus on that violent offense. And why was it that um, Mr. Hayes was given probation for aggravated assault? The death of De La Garza happened about 2 p.m. Sunday along the uh, Northwest Freeway near uh, Spring Cypress. Garza's current boyfriend told police that Hayes was following them, eventually opened fire. A bullet went through the back window, then through the front passenger headrest, striking De La Garza in the head. She was flown to the hospital. She remained there until she succumbed to her injuries. Hayes fled the scene after the shooting. He'd been missing until Wednesday when he was apprehended, turned himself in at his attorney's office. His uh, next court date scheduled for tomorrow. 
Uh, and I hope that justice is done in this case. But again, I think there are some real questions about why uh, man Austin Hayes was given probation for this aggravated assault just a few months ago. And of course, now, unfortunately, facing uh, even more serious charges in the death of his ex-girlfriend. Our armed citizen story of the day from Philadelphia, PA. is the headline from uh, KYW in uh, Philly. Victim services advocate fatally shoots would-be robber in Strawberry Mansion, which is not a home, by the way. That's a a neighborhood there in Philadelphia. Uh, This uh, city employee, working as a a victim services advocate for the DA's office, uh, was apparently the victim of an attempted armed robbery. Police say when a 31-year-old tried to rob the city employee at gunpoint, that employee then pulled out his own firearm and uh, pulled the trigger, striking the would-be robber in the chest. No charges have been filed in the case. Uh, Eyewitness News in Philly reached out to the DA's office, and the spokesman says this is an active investigation that has been referred to another agency, uh, declined to give additional comment. Uh, We don't know whether or not the city employee uh, possessed a valid concealed carry license. Uh, Although, again, as we talked with Rick Ector, it's taken more than a year now for you to receive your concealed carry license in Philadelphia once you've decided you want to try to get one. Uh, that is how long those delays and those backlogs are stretching right now. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out. Was this city employee, again, a legal gun owner? Was he a legal concealed carry holder? Um, I, I hope so. I mean, again, it sounds like this was a case of self-defense. But if city employees are allowed to protect themselves with a firearm, then city residents should be allowed to protect themselves with a firearm. And we know right now that there are thousands of residents in Philadelphia who cannot do so. They're legal gun owners. They want to be able to protect themselves outside of their home, but the city, again, is unwilling to process their applications in a timely fashion. And now they are stuck for months on end being told that uh, their right to bear arms It's just in limbo. It's not being denied them. Not entirely. Eventually, they'll be able to exercise their right just uh, on the city's time. And the city has taken its sweet time processing these applications. Finally, today, our uh, good deed of the day. All right, now, this is a Rorschach test. What does this look like to you? To me, I don't know. I, I see maybe baby arms. I see something there on the right that looks, I don't know, like a whale maybe. This is actually a burning vehicle in uh, Davis, California, Salando County. It was last Saturday night. A woman trapped in her flaming car pulled to safety by a Davis police officer. Officer Fing Lee, body cam captured every moment of the scene, and you, that's a, a screen grab from the uh, body cam footage, uh, which was, you know, obviously very jerky and because uh, he was running and he's pulling a woman out of a flaming vehicle. But uh, Officer Lee was able to do that. He he arrived at the fiery crash. He yelled out, is anybody in there? Who's in there? Who's in there? Uh, Bystanders pointed to the car, yelled that a woman was trapped inside. Officer Lee said the car was already in flames. Uh, There was dry grass underneath. This was a, you know, just a tinderbox. The woman was not moving. He said, I could feel the heat of the fire on the right side of my face. But he reached into the car, dragged the driver out through the window by the wrists, uh, the closest uh, officer on the scene when the call came in about a car that was burning on Interstate 80 in Solano County, uh, he said he had no idea 
that he would be confronted with that situation of saving a woman's life. He said it was really at that moment that I got there, that I realized that her life was dependent on my actions in the next 30 to 60 seconds, and I needed to do something right away. He said, I realized that the Good Samaritans weren't going to go in because of how dangerous and volatile the situation was, and I understand that, he says. Backup didn't arrive for another three minutes. At that point, it would have been too late. Officer Lee says, I told myself I was not going to fail this woman. I was going to get her out of that car no matter what. Officer Lee says um, he's very lucky that he's okay. Quote, I'm alive and so is she. So it turns out the uh, female who was driving the vehicle, later arrested for DUI, which is a shame. Officer Feng Lee says he hopes that this can be a lesson learned. One would like to think so. And in the right place, at the right time, will enable to do the right thing and help impart a hopefully life-changing and life-saving lesson. Officer Feng Lee, there with the uh, Davis Police Department, we thank you, sir, for your very, very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I do want to thank you for being a part of the program. I'm going to go ahead and tell you we'll be back tomorrow. I have every intention of being back tomorrow. But, uh, you know, there is always like the 5% possibility that life will get in the way again. But uh, we are planning on being back here tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. Joe Biden, Donald Trump squaring off in their final debate tonight. Gun control not on the agenda, but we'll see if it pops up. I am... Not hopeful, unfortunately. We'll probably be talking a little bit about that on the program, how it is that Joe Biden is calling for the most sweeping gun ban in American history, and he's not been asked a single question about it during any of the presidential debates or his town halls over the past few months. But uh, we'll get to that on tomorrow's program. In the meantime, be well, be safe, be free, and we'll see you soon with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company.